On this episode, the guys discuss the topic of conspiracies. Why do people like them so much, and what's a healthy way to approach them? There's a lot to unpack, and we have a special guest named Ethan who's in the studio to share his knowledge as well. You're going to get all this, plus we finally get to know what Rosie thinks about Liberace. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of All Out War Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Turner, and I'm sitting across from Stephen, a.k.a. Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up? How you doing, brother? Good. Did you know that Liberace was (laughs) a member of the Church of Satan? I did not know that Liberace was a church. I knew his music was satanic, but... (laughs) I didn't know he was from Satan. Yeah. Um, Great. Cody, how are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) He's dead, but yeah, I mean, he was really dead, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. I'm good. Everything's good. Yeah, don't don't forget to love your mic, man. I love my mic. Love your mic, baby. Speak up. Oh, man. Well, we have a great episode today. Uh, I'm excited about this episode, as I am every episode, as you guys can tell. Um, but we're going to be talking about something that I really don't know a whole lot about, but I do enjoy talking about it because uh, it really stems deep back from my history from fifth grade. I was It would be the year of 1978. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, <laughs> before you guys, 20 years before you guys ever walked the planet. But, um, but uh, I was at a book club. Um, we, we'd have these book fairs, and we, I remember our class was walked down to the library in line, we go to the library and you could buy a book. And my mom had given me some money for a book. And the book that I picked up that I wanted to buy was a book that had to deal with, with Bigfoot, with UFOs, and with uh, Loch Ness monster. Nessie. Nessie, yeah, also known as Nessie. And uh, I remember I took that book home, and it was creepy and scary, and a little bit. Uh, it was a little bit um, uh, kind of uh, just dark and uh, and mysterious. But I loved it, and I don't know. You know, I always had this interest in the unknown, right? The Darkness. mysteries of the unknown, right? You know, but uh, and that's exactly what our topic is tonight. We're going to be talking about. Uh, conspiracies, conspiracy theories. We're going to be talking about uh, um, things that are coming through our government and other type of things that, um, and, and I, you know, honestly, all of us have done a little bit of research. We're all bringing something to the table for the conversation. And, um, and so we're going to do that. And one of the, one of the uh, things that, one of the reasons that we want to talk about this is there was a person that was pretty influential in, for me to talk about these things because he actually has wisdom. He thinks it out, and he's a guest that we have in the studio today, and it's my brother Ethan. Ethan Hardy, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. We are so glad that you are in the studio with us today to, to do this uh, this podcast episode because you and I have had conversations, and oh, I've, yeah. I've sat outside of you in conversations with Kai's with Cody and other people that we know. And um, and I'm, it's always intriguing. It's always interesting and fun. And um, and you have this little part of your personality that some people may not know that you really do enjoy to debate. And um, oh yeah, <laughs> or also people also call it enjoy to get in tr- get into trouble. Yeah, well, so I mean, well, you know, when you're dropping truth, people don't like it all the time. But I've known that about you since because I've known you since I was your middle school youth pastor. So for a long, true. long time, you've. <laughs> You were that way. Even back in middle school, you'd ask the tough questions. You always had this mind that wanted to know answers. And uh, and that's one of the reasons that I had you on here is just because of 
the times that we've talked and you've talked about those things, it's always been impressive to me. But also, we're a good friend, and then, and uh, and I think you're going to contribute to the conversation in a really good way. And so, I'm excited to have you here tonight, and we're glad that we finally worked out our schedules and you could make it in. And um, so, let's jump into this topic, man. Let's jump in. I'm going to start right now. Um, so, Ethan, you you gave me an awesome document, and I'm just going to name a list of some of the things that you put down as conspiracies that you were that things that you that interest you yep yep and and um and then after we do that i'm going to talk a little bit about this whole idea like let's define conspiracy and all okay. that too okay. to help people it. get in but so you you wrote down mk ultra uh you wrote down the dreyfus affair the mafia uh i don't know if that's so much a conspiracy <laughs> it was we'll, we'll talk about it it was yeah okay cool um operation mockingbird we won't obviously get to all of these today um, uh, Operation Northward Woods, um, CIA drug running in LA and Arkansas, um, the the Gulf of of Tonkin, yep, yep. Um, Atlantis, Bohemian Grove. I hate that thing. Uh, Operation Paperclip, mm. um, which I've been finding out. Then here's one of mine. I like ancient lost technology. That's that's one um, we've talked about before, man. Yeah, I that's one of my favorite ones. Tesla, deep state, demonic possession, oppression, NWO, not the band. Uh, Big Brother, Shadow Governments, Dinosaurs, and Human Coexistence, UFOs, Antarctica, Hollow Earth, Large Hadron Collider, Secret Government Projects like Lockheed Skunk Works, Tesla, etc., and Giants in the Smithsonian Cover-Up. So that's Giants in the Smithsonian Cover-Up sounds like something that you would see on uh, on uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. X-Files, something like that. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. It sounds like a folk band. A folk band? Like a neo-folk band? Patent like, pending. Yeah. A bunch of hipsters. <laughs> I think that would be a good name. That would be a good name. All right, let's put a folk band together. We'll, I can't play anything. That's... Yeah. Well, folk you don't need to. You don't need to play anything to be in a funk band, man. You don't need Funk to. or folk? Yeah, yeah it's the same thing. Same care. thing. You could play a traffic cone. There, there are <laughs> funk bands like that, you know? Yeah. Just want to bang on a traffic cone for an hour. Oh, that's so awesome. So let's start with the definition of conspiracy. Who wants to ta- tackle that? All right, I uh, I can I can throw something out there. Um, so a lot of people don't really understand what conspiracy is, um, and so the definition of conspiracy is essentially something that is hidden. It doesn't doesn't the definition of conspiracy has nothing to do with being untrue. Um, it just means that something is veiled or hidden. And a group of people usually conspire. Correct. Right. It's a yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when you add theory into that, that obviously then puts another layer of understanding on it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty much just what things that are hidden, um, which can be a vast array of different things. I mean, we mentioned you mentioned the mafia in that list. A lot of people don't know that the mafia was a conspiracy theory for the longest time. The idea that a single, a single organization was controlling and causing all of these crimes across cities was unknown for the for a very long time and it was whispered whispered about but it wasn't uncovered until i think it was like the 60s or 60s or 70s something like that so i think it's good also to point out that when you say that there's going to be a whole bunch of people who want to add and i think you should add that conspiracy also historically has been associated with evil to do evil to do something evil because to to conspire to do something that's unhidden that is hidden, is that you're trying to do something that maybe in the mainstream is nefarious, maybe in the um, general accepted moral ethic 
that it's it's not what should be, you know, exposed right now. Right, it's hidden for a reason. And the reason that it's being conspired to come out, or at least those that want to make it a reality, um, they get demonized, is another word they use. They get, you know, projected on as these bad actors and these characters that are doing something horrible. And I think there's truth to that, where you do have these horrible, terrible conspiracies that are, you know, plainly just evil. We can get into that. But one of the ones, I know we're probably going to get into more of the topic, but the guy, what was his name? The November 5th? November 5th. Oh, it's throwing my head off right now. Guy Fox. Guy Fox. There you go. Where they were trying to... Good pull. There you go, bro. (laughs) They were trying to do something that they believed to be a good thing, but the government they were trying to overthrow... Well, explain who Guy Fox is, because I don't... I'm well, it's November fifth. The, the idea of it behind it was that they were trying to overflow, overthrow the parliament back in England in in um, eighteen seventeen. I can't remember the okay. years. All right, oh, a long time ago. Okay, but like the idea that they were doing something that was evil was based off of the ruling class. They were this group that wanted to overthrow the the lords and the current monarch. They wanted to um, take out what they saw as evil. Mm-hmm. So there's that in this as well is that there's there's some layers to what conspiracy could mean uh, to certain people, specifically those that write history. And when you look back in time, there's a lot of conspiracy theories that are just, you know, they're they're just part of history and they're written by those that are victors. And it's like that. That's not a bad thing. They were trying to expose something that was horrible. Speaking of writing history, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the the negative perspective on conspiracy theories actually started was allegedly started by the CIA and the or what 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 the CIA and the NSA right after the Kennedy assassination. Mm. So there was a lot of I mean there's still very very a, a lot of talk about the Kennedy yeah. assassination yeah. but this this term was brought into the mainstream consciousness by security agencies during the time of the Kennedy assassination. Then they just declassified all that information uh, like a month ago. I don't know if you saw that. There's still a lot that's still classified, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they, they keep on kicking the can another 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason for that, right? There is a reason, yeah. And this is what's so crazy, because it's, it's unknown. It's like partial truths, half-truths, and all that. That's why it's so intriguing to know all these things, right? We think about them. Yeah, I was going to say one thing to touch on, like the JFK files are getting declassified. It's really interesting. I was talking to someone that literally every day that there's certain documents. I think it's the year is either 20 or 25 years. Uh, yeah, the 25 years. Every 25 years to the day, certain files that were classified as top secret or whatever they are go up to a board. There's literally departments that all they do is look at old documents and they say, okay, it, it's 25 years to the day. Can we declassify it completely? Like, is this relevant? Is it going to cause harm, you know, it, I don't know, just for example, if, if we see some cables or something like that, that are referencing someone that was undercover or something like that. Methods like, or something like yeah, that. Like yeah, like certain things like that, they they might say like, okay, that's still classified because we don't want, it would be really embarrassing if uh, some other country found out that we did this 25 years ago and we've been claiming that we never did or something like that um, and other stuff gets declassified all the time that is not seen as relevant or the need for classification doesn't exist anymore 
Yeah. And it's interesting that nobody public they don't publicize anything. They just put it in the Library of Congress, and they just say, "Here's these documents. We'll put them in the Library of Congress." And uh, you have to actually you don't need a Freedom of Information Act. You can just search it, right? Yeah, but you have to actually go there. They don't. The government doesn't publish, as far as I'm aware of. Like these are the things that we declassify today. These are the things we declassify today. Like every day, like you actually have to go look for them. But they are declassifying files every day. Mm. But interesting point. It sound it seems like there are certain groups of people that actually are the ones that are pushing all the Freedom of Information Acts and stuff like that to get stuff that might otherwise be still classified. And it seems like the only two groups are like UFO, extraterrestrial people that are into that. They're always pushing for, you know, we can maybe talk about this a different time, like documents from Majestic 12 and all that stuff. Um, or... Just they want they want things or JFK. To be, Those are like the two big yeah. ones that they know of that yeah. everyone keeps pushing for. Well, we can talk about this later when we get into the details. But MK Ultra was was uncovered via a Freedom of Information request, mm. which is what he was getting that. Yeah, yeah. we um, in another discussion talked about that where Bill Clinton actually came out publicly acknowledging it. And actually, there's a video you can go back and watch him apologize specifically for the inhumane acts that they did as you know, the, the U.S. government towards these um, test subjects. They apologized for it, and then they went forward and said, well, we'll release all the documentation associated with it, which pushed it to 2000 or 2001. And at that point, there was only one computer <laughs> in a building in Maryland, I believe, where it was the official place that you could come. Always that way, isn't but it? But it was only from like 11 p.m. to 4, some, or 11 a.m. to 4 p.m.? Yeah. And then um, later on, I believe there's another Freedom of Information Act that was passed or a request that pushed it towards, I think, 2014, where they said now we'll be every 25 years we'll, we'll push out more information and be on a drip. Hmm. And even further, I think January just of this year, I think you turn, mentioned, mentioned earlier, Turner, there was more information that's published. Yeah. And it's just like on a daily basis, more things are being published, but you got to physically go and gather it at the location and yeah. go online to these computers. It's like this uh, slow dribble of information that comes out and, and they control how it comes out so much so that when it is released, you have to be able to put pieces together like a puzzle because they're not releasing them chronologically. They're not releasing them with information that connects dots very easily. And so you have to do these leap theories and it causes people to look strange when they're trying to like pack and unpack these things yeah, to yeah. make them because uh you know like just go back to UFOs for a minute. It's something that I've always you know and we've all yeah. like this. That's probably the most common quintessential like, um, yeah. conspiracy theory is it's UFOs a, or or Bigfoot. Yeah, I saw oh, one when I came over. Bigfoot, my baby. <laughs> I love Bigfoot. He's like my favorite. I can't wait uh, to see him someday. But because uh, I believe <laughs> there's a <laughs> there's like a coming day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. we'll all see him. He'll, he'll come out like like Groundhog Day, <laughs> Sasquatch Day. He'll be emerging from his cave. I wonder if we'll, if they're real because it's a race of them, right? right that's yeah. the theory. Maybe they'll be in heaven. Well, that's mm-hmm. well, they I'm going to recruit them to do a sport. <laughs> we'll rugby. The They'd be great rugby players, I bet. Oh, my goodness. They're like Can eight feet tall. Or I'd take them to like Highland Games or something like that, Scottish Games. They can <laughs> yeah, right. toss those. Uh, Go big, right in here. We've got all these uh, trans species already competing against <laughs> each other. So <laughs> join in the group. Right. But, um, but what I was going to say is like the UFO thing. So that's like an anchor conspiracy theory. Th- there has been disclosure that's been like soft from the federal government. And I can remember 
just watching the news one time, and they were showing a press conference with an outgoing, I believe, I don't believe it was Secretary of State, might have been a defense person, but um, I'm trying to remember who it was exactly, but they actually mentioned uh, UFOs and yeah, yeah. in their exit speech, and it was almost in passing, and nobody, I was like, oh, well, obviously, because it caught my ear, and I was like, what the, and I turned around, and then I started watching, and I was like, for sure they're going to ask in a press conference, like, or mention this. Nobody mentioned it. Yeah, what yeah, the? that's what happens. Um, yeah, disclosure is an interesting subject. There's a big, do- there's a documentary on, um, doc- a disclosure documentary on Netflix that's, that's pretty good. Um, I have my own, kind of my own theories behind disclosure and kind of why that's being mentioned, but um, you, I mean, you can, it's not too hard to find, uh, World War II pilots have like their milit, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> their military documentation, there's military documentation where like Air Force pilots in World War II, when they would write up their after flight report, they would report seeing like glowing <laughs> balls of light <laughs> circling around their aircraft and going at incredible speed and, 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 and turning on a dime going like at that point way faster than the speed of sound and they're like Russian doc there's Russian documentation about similar things so like there I mean there is there are reliable people saying that yeah I saw something weird and I can't explain it and going back to the the records that we have available to us this isn't something like the CIA necessarily hides like I just pulled up going to the CIA files you can go search flying saucers and they have not only the documentation this is from 1952 Mm-hmm. And they they document it. They say it happens. They give the names of the people that gave the eyewitness testimony. They give related events that are happening in the area, air traffic control. It's not like they're trying to build a case against it, but it's almost as if they're trying to say we're aware of it. But in all of the documents that you find, it's unsubstantiated. Unsubstantiated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like the official reports is that there's no official report because it's not from us. These are just us documenting these unidentified flying objects. Right. They're not really saying an opinion on it. They're just sending out the information. And they also back up like when there is activity in the area, the U S government or whoever foreign agents that are involved in the, the air space that's been questioned, they'll acknowledge, yeah, we were there. We witnessed lights as well. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the weird part where they're like, all right, Well, just on that case, we, they released audio and video footage that I saw, and it wasn't doctored. It was from um, Air Force pilot. He had some encounter just about a year ago. Yeah, and, uh, I remember that. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, and it was like, what? And he was like freaked out by it. And uh, and he was, you know, that you can hear the whole audio between him and, and the, uh, um, you can hear the audio between him and the, uh, the ground control, you know, when yeah, yeah. at the airport. But anyways, um, so like, when you think about like how the, this information comes out and how people lose trust and all of that, um, and Cody said something that was really interesting. I've actually, um, and I'm keying off of what he said because he said something about how they'll use people will use conspiracies to discredit other people. Yeah. And you know, just currently in the news, to like this past week, we saw um, a, a well. Now he's famous. If you haven't heard of him, you you will soon. But uh, Alex Jones was he was taken out of. Uh, out of like major social media platforms and he's labeled as a conspiracy theorist and uh, someone who's dangerous. He's, he's dangerous. I'm not a slave. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And he's in the studio right now. He's in the studio with us. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, so 
so they're using it against him because they don't like the information that he's bringing forth, and he he doesn't even have enough to prove some of the things that he that he says. But he must have something to say they don't like, or they're silencing him, right? Yeah, I think the whole Alex Jones thing is interesting. I think I think that all of these elites could care less about him talking about gay frogs and and putting ba- <laughs> putting babies in cows and stuff like that. I think that he, mm. I think he is hitting on something specific that these big tech organizations don't like, and it's and it's the the hypocrisy in in the in the tech companies, and it's also the um, maybe even some of the pedophilia stuff going on on the elite level of society. You know, I mean, there's there's well-documented cases of, of really high, high-up parliamentary parliament members in, in Britain um, being, like, it, it comes out that they're, they're pedophiles and they've been pedophiles for, like, 15, 20 years. And people knew about it and didn't say anything. Yeah, I was going to say just a small point, um, which I'm probably... You might disagree with me, but you can't because it's true. Is that I, Alex Jones? He always. And we can move on after this um, if you want. But I was going to say everything that he always says. Like if you watch his show, other than you know someone making a montage of him saying crazy stuff, it's all documented in like mainstream news. So I think that he's not saying again. Like you know his commentary is where everything goes off the rails. If you don't like what he says, and he says crazy stuff, but he's just bringing it up like in. Like, hey, this is what you guys said. And even to get, <laughs> to use a different person, uh, Mark Levin, when he was talking about all the FISA court stuff and yeah. the, the yeah. spying on Trump, they labeled him a conspiracy theorist and they did all kinds of stuff. Like everybody was talking about him. Now no one talks about it. <laughs> right. And all he, all he said was, hey, this is in the New York Times. You guys published this. And then a couple months later, you published that they're doing this and you did this. And all I did was looked at it and put it together and then read it as a piece. And then and it you know, came out to be true. <laughs> and it came, uh, it's still, yeah. yeah. But it's, I mean, that's a perfect example, I think, of like a modern, cons- you call him a conspiracy theorist, but all, Mark is not a conspiracy theorist. He's just like, hey, this is a conspiracy. The Obama White House was clearly, clearly doing some shady stuff. And the liberal, the New York Times, the New York Times. They're not mm-hmm. conspiracy theorists. They're not anything. It's mainstream. It's yeah, yeah, they actually have a little bit of respect in media, a little bit. Uh, from other yeah, yeah. other people and that all pack each other in the back. Right. One of the things they did w- with that, and I'm trying to limit Alex Jones' topic. Yeah. But the, one of the things is that they've associated him not only with the conspiracy theories and his horrible statements that he says about you know Sandy Hook, that's wrong. It was, I never liked that. I mean, when I heard that, I was like, that's clearly... He's making that up for somebody to pay attention. Like that's wrong. So what, he's, what did he say about Sandy Hook? That there. Well, was everybody actors. will know. He basically said it was uh, it was fake. It was hoax. Yeah. Actor crisis actors. It was, it was that was wrong. Blame, yeah, yeah. Like all the guys here, we all agree that was wrong. Right. right. But the um, the idea that he's now associated so closely with the um, the Trump administration, <laughs> yeah, it's low hanging fruit to to kill him, mm. to bring him off the platform, because he like you said when you analyze some of the things that he would do, he would just read the news. It wasn't as if he was drawing huge leaps. He was just basically reading the news and saying, hey, they're already saying they're doing this. They're yeah. already moving forward with their plan. And uh, the word globalist can be found in another, you know, conspiracy called the Illuminati. Yeah. So he's just saying things that we can all kind of see. Um, you know, he's just linking it back to, in, to the reality we live in. People don't like that. 
I think one of the cool things that one of the one of the things that I enjoy about researching these things is because there are a bunch of weird things that people say that don't seem to make sense. Pizza cake. Pizza gate. Yeah, pizza pizza gate's a great example. That there there are certain things in the world that don't don't make sense. So I think one of the things that I enjoy about the conspiracy theories is that it tr- they try to weave things together. They try to make sense out of something that doesn't seem to make sense. Um, and that's, yeah, I, I enjoy that. Um, cause it, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Okay. I, I know that the, the U S government faked a terrorist attack, the Gulf of Tonkin to, to give us reason to go in the Vietnam war. I know that that's, that's verifiably true. Um, but, when that is hypothesized in 2018, you're labeled someone who's hateful. Will you talk about the Gulf of Tonkin? Yeah, yeah. I will yeah, share because pe- yeah. I, I don't really know a whole lot about it. And, uh, and I'm sure some of our listeners don't know much about it either. Naval so. Ship Maddox. So they can Google that. Naval, if ship, Naval ship Maddox. Yeah, I'll let Ethan fill in the yeah. blanks. But So basically, the insinuation of this theory is that there was a that America created a or perpetrated a terrorist attack on its own ship in order to get engaged in the Vietnam War. Let me kind of let okay. me let me read something. This yeah. is interestingly enough. This is from Infowars.com. They had an article. Tw- uh, Thirty. <laughs> no. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Thirty-three conspiracy theories that were proven true. Um, so here we go. Uh, this is their this is their little write up on the Gulf of Tonkin. Uh, The Gulf of Tonkin incident is the name given to two separate incidents involving the Democratic Republic of of Vietnam and the United States in the waters of the Gulf of Tonkin. On August 2nd, 1964, two American destroyers engaged three North Vietnamese torpedo boats, resulting in the sinking of one of the torpedo boats. This was also the single most important reason for the escalation of the Vietnam War. After After Kennedy was assassinated, the Gulf of Tonkin gave the country the sweeping support for aggressive military action against the North Vietnamese, North Vietnamese. I'm going to scroll down. Um, so this, uh, this like pretty much didn't happen at all. Like <laughs> this, there was, wow. there was an incident where, where a, a boat was attacked, like an American boat was attacked and the American media, the American intelligence services said like, this is what we need to go to war. We need to go to war, but it never happened. So they pretty much made up, they pretty much made up a reason to go into the Vietnam War. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, I guess, to use the term "false flag" that we used earlier. That's an operation that's done by, uh, I guess, the government itself in order to rally the troops behind uh, a certain outcome that they want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, we're on Vietnam. Martin Luther King was totally against involvement in Vietnam, and JFK was not for the involvement of more troops or even the advancement of war towards um, what we did there in that conflict. I'm not going to bring up why they died, but they are two people who died during that era and they both were very adamant that there should not be any engagement there in a military stance. Respected and their voices were, were loud. People listened. And and their, their people, their, their assassins are nobodies. Yeah. I mean, when you dig around, like maybe they went over to the United Kingdom, maybe they went to Mexico, maybe they had some international travel, maybe they were known by certain governments, maybe they were agents. That's why these conspiracies pick up some legs, because you have things to dig around with. Yeah. And that's why they're interesting, because of the time period. Well, this happened and that happened, and these people died. 
like there's just enough uh, of there's just enough of some kind of evidence that's coming through that is going to give you a um, a reason to want to keep you know looking into stuff. So like you know oh well this happened and this actually supports it actually points towards this direction. Now we don't have any firm evidence, but it's definitely worth traveling down that road to try and figure something out. And, and what's crazy to me is like when I think about some of these uh, conspiracies that we're talking about, cause we're going to, we're going to start now we're going to jump into, cause we understand what they're from and kind of what the methods are that other uh, enemies will use. And people will try and use conspiracies to discredit. And somebody even told me on that note about discrediting is that, you know, conservative individuals really do care about what people think about them a little bit more than maybe liberal people do in the sense of, of from a political standpoint. And so if you tarnish their character with some kind of crazy conspiracy thing and you label them with that, they'll actually back away for their reputation. So they use it as a tactic to try and silence a voice that they don't like. Um, and that's important to take note of. Um, so let's move away from like political government stuff. Let's, let's start off with this kind of, or the kind of out there far ones. Uh, so, Ethan, what's your favorite one that's kind of out there far that uh, you want to talk about for a second? How too? far are we talking? Because, I mean, uh, <laughs> one of my favorites that I've been looking into recently is uh, the the, gi- the giant fossils found in the, in the United States. But, I mean... That's giant as in, like, it, human human bones, but large? Yeah, like... Giant skeleton, like skeletons being found in, in, in Indian burial mounds that are yeah. eight feet tall, nine feet tall, seven and a half feet tall, some of which have five or uh, six fingers on each hand and mm-hmm. multiple rows of teeth in their mouth, like that kind of weird stuff. But I mean, yeah. as a Christian, that's not too out there because we knew we know that giants existed. So yeah. So for are we, are we talking further than that? Well, I mean, I can go further. <laughs> go further. Well, talk. I mean, t- like if you talk about something you want to talk about as far as Nephilim are concerned, like or <laughs> Nephilim. Wow, ne- huh. you're you're projecting a little bit. Do you yeah. want me to? I'm sorry. About yeah. Well, we're gonna do an entire podcast on Nephilim at right. some point here soon because that's one of my favorite uh, topics to discuss as well. But um, but what we're gonna do is uh, is w- w- when you're talking about ancient like even pre, like, like, cause we know that the Bible in the old Testament, it speaks in Genesis about, um, a large race of people that, and, and there, we, we find out in other parts of scripture that they had six fingers. Um, there's one, we know that they're massive with, you know, the most famous story of all is Goliath. You know, um, most, most of our listeners know the story of David and Goliath, the giant. And, um, and then we also have the King of Og, you know, later on, which his bed was 12 feet long, I believe is what it says in scripture. And so what you have is, um, there's documentation from a reliable source. What we're missing are verified bones. So you're saying they're finding bones in America and different parts of the world. Yeah, a lot of the from a lot of the research that I've done, a lot of them are being found in in Arkansas. Um, hmm. So a lot of them, a lot of them are being found in uh, Native American burial mounds. So the Native Americans would build these uh, giant mounds and they'd bury their dead in it. You know, yeah. it's just kind of a ceremonial thing. Um, I don't, I can't do that justice. I don't know a lot of their culture and a lot of their religion. But um, these, some of these were were dug up and they found skeletons in there that were like seven and a half to like some were like some were upwards of eight and a half feet tall. Nice. Yeah. Um, some of them were also found. I think they, they did some testing on some hair um, and they, they also found some of them had like red hair, which was interesting. Um, 
Yeah, so there were Scottish Indians. Scottish, Scottish giants. Super tall Scottish Indians. Did they find? They were killed? Nords. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So what were you saying about the Smithsonian in particular? The cover up or? Yeah, I haven't I haven't done a whole lot of research on the the co- the cover up or the alleged cover up, but from what I've from what I've read, um, the accounts of the people who are actually finding these bones, they um, they get heavily suppressed by by quote the. I guess you could say the the intellectual elites in 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 that sphere because I mean as establishment cons- archaeologists. Yep, establishment archaeologists. I mean, <laughs> if if they're everywhere, dude. <laughs> if you're if the only reliable source of archaeology in at least in America comes through the Smithsonian, then that's one point of failure, right? So, mm. if you have one organization that's controlling everything, then they can control can completely control the the flow of information. So. Um, I can't talk a whole lot about the the cover up because I haven't done enough research about it. But I mean, it makes sense to me um, because the idea that that giant bones are being found um, would verify a lot of the a lot, one of the very out there aspects of scripture. Hmm. So I mean, that's that's very not that's not favorable to their worldview. You know, it kind of contradicts. So yeah, I always thought that if if they ever found Noah's Ark, uh, there'd be a whole lot of people that would be really, um, their, their worldview would be totally rocked. Mm. Because they, if they, they always are like, well, we can't believe that there was a worldwide flood. We can't, you know, we can't believe that God would do such a thing and, uh, and save only a handful of people, you know. And uh, if we, I always thought, well, if we found it. Now, that is even a conspiracy in itself, the whole idea of Noah's Ark, because I've seen research where they've, they've, are predicting that they found it, and and uh, then governments won't allow them to go and excavate the the area and, and get try and get any um, evidence brought down from the mountaintops and uh, and it where it is it matches what the biblical account would say where it would be or where it could be yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah that's just kind of crazy how that works um, what about you Stephen what about you buddy you got some you got some favorite conspiracies. Um, I want to hear Ethan. Uh, you, we, since we were talking about so <laughs> you much, you hear me? I do, because you you came here to talk. Um, why don't you talk? We talked a lot about MK Ultra. Oh yeah. Um, and that's something that's I I enjoy. Or I don't know. There's so much to it. Um, so what about the? I just know we were talking about that earlier. Um, we were talking about the CIA in particular. So maybe um, give us some details on that or. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so MK Ultra, for those who um, who don't know, MK Ultra is not a conspiracy theory; it's a conspiracy fact. Um, so it is one of it is it is one of those that was whispered about for a long time, but then actually because of a freedom of freedom of information act, it was uncovered um, on accident. So let me just read uh, read something for you here. Um, well, M- MK it stands for mind control, right? It's isn't that what isn't that what it's MC, but it'd be you know M- I don't know what the MK stands for actually. Okay. Um, I know a, that there was a whole it's a CIA designation. That's how they found out it was CIA linked. Ah. That's ah. a but type it, of transcription uh, that they placed on these top secret files. So it might not actually mean anything. It's just one of those internal okay. codifications for this is us. But ultra, but the the MK Ultra is a mind control 
uh, thing, right? Yeah, they've come out and they've yeah yeah they're trying to control people's thoughts. Primarily, and, I mean, you're probably digging into this more. Yeah. It was a response to Russian spies. It was a response to our enemies that we wanted to see if we can't put any skin in the game when it comes to um, controlling the outcome of what they wanted to do to us. Reverse psychological warfare. I was going to say one of the interesting. I'll just hop in um, real quick. That one of the interesting things about the CIA that makes them different from other intelligence agencies, I think, is the way that they don't necessarily, like, uh, I read something, is the bottom line is they steal secrets. That's the whole, yeah. that's why they do, they steal it. But they also are in extremely inventive, and the way that they use things for other purposes is really interesting. So uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're set up, you know, like during, the, the, the OSS was set up, and they just did, stuff that no one was used to doing. And that's, you know, we can, it's not a podcast about. One thing I want to add yeah. is that we live right outside of a place that's designated by an area called Dulles. And, uh, you know, the guy that's behind a lot of this uh, CIA stuff that we're going to talk about is Alan Dulles, if I'm saying his last name right. Yeah. That's um, <laughs> so that's just something to keep in mind. Like we live in the backyard of this stuff. So for, for us, the political aspect of this might be just, in the forefront because we see a lot of political natured um, commentary and news. And so throwing it back over to you, Ethan, to fill in the blanks here. Yeah. So on a, on a high level, um, MK ultra, it was a set of experiments um, that were, well, was maybe it's still going on. <laughs> yeah. 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 You never know. Caught that. Um, M- uh, Katy Perry. Yeah. It's, yep. it's true. I believe. The butterflies. Um, <laughs> mon- yeah. The monarch, monarch program. Uh, so, MK Ultra um, were the MK Ultra program was a program where experiments on human subjects were intended to identify and develop drugs and procedures used in interrogations in order to weaken the individual and force confessions through mind control. The project was organized through the Office of Scientific Intelligence of the CIA and coordinated with the U.S. Army Biological Warfare Laboratories. The operation was officially sanctioned in 1953 and was reduced in scope in 1964, further curtailed in 1967, and officially halted in 1973. (laughs) The program engaged in many illegal activities, including the use of U.S. and Canadian citizens as its unwitting test subjects, which led to controversy regarding its legitimacy. MKUltra used methods to manipulate people's mental states and alter their brain functions, including the surreptitious administration of drugs, especially LSD and other chemicals, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, and Mm. other forms of torture, which I've heard include, um, like electroshock therapy was, was one of the things that they would do. So, wow. Uh, From what I have found, they've tried to break down the psyche of a person to make them incredibly weak and incredibly suggestible. Yeah, I was going to say, I I heard, or I've read in research that I've done, that uh, they basically, or I guess the certain test subjects for certain parts of those things, you know, basically they're looking for people that they could break down and also use uh, people that were easily suggestible in terms of uh, had high creativity levels, I guess, however they did that, were highly intelligent. They looked for people, um, you know, some of these things were just like (laughs) we can get into just random people, whoever happened to walk into the whorehouse that day or, you know, which is a crazy thing. But 
Um, I've heard they specifically they specifically targeted those who were outcasts in society and those who were weak. Right. So they would target people who were um, like prostitutes, uh, people in strip clubs, people in gay clubs in that era too, because um, those people were the outcasts of society. They weren't cared about by the mainstream really, and they a lot of them were. I mean, I feel like. If you, if you go into a strip club, not that I've ever been, but if you go into a strip club, the, the chance that you find a woman in there that is weak and has been abused in the past is probably pretty high, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I would say you're probably uh, pretty close there. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that's that's where they would go. They, they would search search these these types of people I, out. I was going to say one of the interesting things, though, to kind of counteract that, um, well, I'll just say it like when... Uh, why can't I think of his name? Ted Kaczynski was mm. one of the most, uh, I guess, prominent people who claimed to be um, part of... He So basically... He was a subject for MKUltra? He was a subject when he was at Harvard, and that was exactly um, what they did. You know, they, they found this guy who was incredibly smart and basically broke him down wow. super, and then <laughs> that led to him having a complete make, mental break uh, or... You know, whatever he would say. I don't. I never talked to him, but whatever he would say, and just completely changed him from his time at Harvard. And you know, he was a brilliant mathematician, and um, then just went to. So do you, did. Do you think that um, the government might have been planning to try and create? Um, well, I mean, obviously they were trying to extract information from, break them down, and and learn how to use tactics, how to get people to be manipulated. Yeah, so that they was like their stated do. goal. Their stated goal was to break people down and pretty much be able to ask them whatever they want and, and them to get the answer, right. no matter what. No matter if you have the most hardened Russian spy who's been in this business for 25 years, you get them in, you get them in front of these CIA dudes, they could break them down and, and get them to talk. Just using mind tactics and things of psyche and nature. Yeah, like, like putting you in a, in a salt deprivation tank for 24 hours and then blasting like rock music in your ears for yeah. days on end, like that kind of stuff. That'll mess you up. Would it Wh- be, would, would the rock music be like, would it be Creed or would it be <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> oh, it'd be Creed. It'd be Creed. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, what Were they ever like, did they ever want to, because I've always heard too, connected to this, like they wanted to create super like agents that would be able to, like they would just be able to instruct them, go like, like whatever, uh, what's Jason Bourne or whatever. Is that something that they were trying to do too? I was going to say part of that with the when they were, uh, I guess you know they did the unwitting uh, operation like Northwoods. Is that, if that was the one I'm thinking, that of. sounds right. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Um, actually, I think that's something else. But they were also trying to do those secret spies, and I guess the thing with highly suggestibility and having these people broken down. I think it's important to know that in the beginning, the OSS. I guess in, to get into a little bit of the history and the culture of early CIA. Um, it came out of they were all Ivy League guys. All the, the spying was seen as a very gentlemanly, uh, yeah, thing, which it's like is statecraft, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And these people all came from Harvard, they're Yale, all these really big, insanely rich families, and um, that. But basically, yeah, if you could have a like Jason Bourne, if you could, they they have this thing called a disassociation, which happens a lot, and <laughs> this can open a whole other door if we could talk about it. But basically, if we could, dun, we, dun, if we could, we can. Well, I was going to say basically, like it happens with people that have PTSD. So you, 
that's one of the things like kids that were sexually abused or stuff like that. They more like there's a higher um, chance that they suffer from disassociation, which basically means some they their brain cannot process what is happening at that specific time. It's a defense mechanism. It's a defense me- yeah. mechanism. The, the brain says, this is not me. This is not happening. And they completely just remove from their body almost and say, like, this is happening to a different person. Um, and so I, I guess the theory behind that is that almost creates this second identity within a person. It's like a split. And right. That hopefully they could trigger that using a s- sounds or something like this, you know, stuff from the Manchurian candidate, you know, they, they hear a word on the radio and all of a sudden they slip into this disassociated state or this other thing that theoretically wouldn't um, interact with the other one or, you know, completely separate so it's person. Like a, it's like a trigger, trigger thing. Right. And so what better than a, a spy who doesn't know anything and they literally, you, you can't interrogate them because they don't know. Or someone that you hear, the, you know, hear a, a song on the radio and all of a sudden they're like, and they, they snap and they just go kill someone. And right. as soon as it's done... And they don't even know they, they don't did know it. They did it. Yeah, it's super compartmentalized. It's like we we saw that in uh, Civil War, in the movie where they're sitting down with the character's name is. Never oh. saw it. Well, like like Avengers Civil War, you mean? Yeah, yeah. We sitting down. He's reading the book to him, and he just trip trips. And he uh, oh, Will, Will, uh, what's his name? The guy with the one arm missing. The Russian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, we see it with with that character. It's yeah, perfectly yeah. played out in media because it's accepted. It's true, or it's conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. It's true enough, and they used it in the plot line. You were hitting on a, a key point where they they had this. Um, the 1950s is when going back to what I said earlier about Alan Dulles when he came in. He actually came in with the idea of this as that we're being out. Um, um, witted essentially by the Soviet propagandist. Like they're doing things that we've never thought about doing. And so on record, this is a civilian who came into the CIA. And yeah, for the record, I'd, I love a CIA. Love the CIA. I, I actually would rather have them as an entity in the United States than not have them. I see them as a necessary necessary, not a necessary evil or good. I, think I agree to all those who are listening. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yes, yeah, same here. I, I've done enough or at least I think I've done enough to say that I believe in that institution and that that actual their mission um, agency, one hundred percent. And that's not just because I think they're hearing and listening, but I I just think that the the mission can go off track when you have these um, authorized programs that really there's no parameters. Like they're creating the actual experiment right as they're going, and they might have an end goal. What Dulles said when he first came in is uh, documented, I think it's 1953. He says, I wonder, however, he's talking about the acknowledgement of um, psychological warfare already at play. And he says, I wonder, however, whether we, the United States, clearly perceive the magnitude of the problem, whether we realize how sinister the battle for man's minds has become in Soviet hands. He continued, we might call it in its new form, brain warfare. And so here's a civilian coming in with this... um, high degree of understanding of post-war ca- catastrophic remapping of the West, specifically in Europe, and how they had to sit down with... They knew that the Russians were the enemy, and they had to portion out Europe, and they knew that these guys were the enemy of an enemy, so they became an ally. But at the same time, they also understood that they had bigger goals, just like Germany did when they wanted to take over the world. 
And when he comes in, he's with the acknowledgement that the new war that we're going to be entering in will be a psychological one. Yep. And you'd have a lot of, you know, GIs who came back, a lot of POWs who came back. And they had uh, either said that they saw the U.S. commit crimes, but they never really actually committed those crimes, and they were interrogated, and they're like, you've been essentially tricked by the Soviets or, or tricked by your captors to say these things. You did not commit yep. these crimes. And so with the U.S., they were like, well, well, how do they get our soldiers to confess to things that we know that they did not do? And so the response is these programs like the MK Ultra. Not only did they want to do something that mimicked it, it was reactionary. They were trying to gain a footing into the psychological battle. Yeah. And its early developments, you see a lot of people who came from Ivy Leagues who were very intellectual. And you just saw the whole world go to war. And you're like, how do we avert that? How do we stay the course without going to a nuclear holocaust? How do we win the minds of people who are psychologically being taken over through this, essentially it's witchcraft or it's you know, mind control. Yeah. So I think when you look at the very origins of it, I'd have to say that they wanted to do good, but when you put a good thing in the hands of people who you can't see every day, you know, there's a, there's a sinful component, there's evil that's involved in all that. When you look into it, they did a whole bunch of unethical stuff that yeah, totally yeah. went out of the range of... This actually plays into what you might see with um, the same way that cults work. You yeah. know, it's all this brainwashing and this uh, conditioning of a person to deprogram and reprogram them with with certain information and certain um, certain new sets of desire skills and and um, things that they would uh, pursue so you see it like um, like I immediately I think of in Hollywood the most famous you know cult that's running Hollywood with the um, Tom Cruise and Scientology um, yeah the whole yep. the whole Scientology Dianetics movement and and that whole cult that is in there and and things are the lids blowing off on that and um, and it just sounds very familiar to me the MK Ultra the techniques that they would use. Now, I don't know if Scientology, they put people in dark basements and salt chambers and or whatever those things were and put rock music into their brains, but they definitely threw into their mind some things that they weren't thinking normally. Are you going to say so, I was going to say something on that topic. I like how you brought up uh, um, Scientology. Have you ever heard of Operation Snow White? Yep. No, but I... Like so her get this. This is not a conspiracy <laughs> theory. This is a conspiracy fact right here. So Operation Snow White was a conspiracy that was a, an operation that was pushed by the Church of Scientology Great. And, uh, during the 1970s. And their goal was to purge unfavorable records about their church, which included infiltration and into um, the, the, U, the U.S. government. And they actually ended up stealing over, uh, I think, about 136 government documents um, from both the U.S. government, foreign embassies, um, and, and, and con- uh, consulates. That's crazy. So they this church gathered together like an army to infiltrate governments to steal documents about them about them yeah right yeah it's it's easier than pr i guess you know just send people in to steal the documents as you were saying that i remember reading about that when i was studying scientology a few years ago to research it's like bad actors in the um, i was pulled up you can find it's the court case that was basically given out as the reason why they this is exposed, and it's not a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy, conspiracy that fact. Just the violation, just the actual. I'll just read that real quick. It says U.S. CS2, the law, 
they're broke. It says in parentheses, the conspiracy of theft against the government and its property, aiding and abetting obstruction of justice, false declaration before a grand jury, and interception of oral communications and written communications. That was in August 15th, 1979. That was the, the verdict that they came out as and said, like, you did this. And the people who were being sued is, you know, the first woman, Mary Sue Hubbard. That's the... L. Ron Hubbard's wife yeah. or daughter or something? Yeah, yeah, she inherited the empire after his demise. But uh, there there you see this is not just, you know, conspiracy out there in Weirdland. Like, Weirdland came in and tried to actually take away the conspiracy documents. She, they she are went, weird. That Sue, Sue Hubbard went to jail for five years for that. Yeah. So... That's one of the one of the interesting threads of, in conspiracy that I, I enjoy and I think is most credible is the controlling and manipulating of information. Because, mm. I mean, a lot of these things are controlling. I mean, in that instance, the Operation Snow White, that was controlling um, that was controlling opinions like it wasn't it wasn't chemical mind control. It was information control, which. Yeah down the line, down the process of how information and opinions work, it is mind control. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, the idea that, I mean, uh, Operation Mockingbird's a good example. The, the, I mean, I think it was the CIA, right, Rosie? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I just was going to say that. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. Oper- I'm just reading. Operation Mo- Mockingbird was an alleged, lar- alleged large-scale program of the United States Central Intelligence Agency that began in the early 1950s and attempted to manipulate news media for propaganda purposes. It funded student and cultural organizations and magazines as front organizations. And I was going to say, it's kind of interesting that, you know, this to kind of harp back on something that we were talking about as a... So, so basically what we have here is the, the CIA funding um, student newspapers, organizations... Um, just going to say, Soros, Black Lives Matter. It's still mirroring reality mm. to the state. He day. said it. Open um, society. Yeah. But in particular with this, uh, one of the things you were talking about, the, the ideological subversion of the Russians, and this was something that was everyone, all the Russians knew, and uh, the, one of the whistleblowers or anything like that, uh, Yuri Um, He came out and he he said, yeah, this is what the KGB has been doing for years, decades, has been trying to infiltrate college campuses, get these leftists, um, cultural Marxism, and basically to destroy. And we talked about this earlier on a different podcast and basically break down um, American society. So it would make sense, again, something like this, that, you know, the the CIA would want to take... um, different matters into their own hands and fund something that's anti, you know what I mean? So like stuff like that, it, when you look at it from afar, you, you know, you can take this as, oh, they're funding Fox News and all this stuff still today and all these other news organizations and all that. And Fox I, News is run by leftists. It's true. Oh, I believe Murdoch's son now. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. But but it makes sense, like in the context when you look at something like this is like, oh, yeah, they're trying they're doing the exact same thing that the Russians are doing. Well, the, U- the Soviets back in that same day. Same thing. Same thing now, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing's changed, right? No. Um, which is, yeah, it makes sense. And you look at that and you're, yeah, if, if they're doing that, you know, it makes sense that we could do that. The idea that they, the CIA, doc, this is something that you can go back and you see. They, they went out and fished for journalists and people who are in the media who would be willing to essentially 
co-sign on to talking points. I mean, we kind of just turn on the TV and you look to one network and they say they're not owned by the same people, but they have the same talking point. And even if you can get the parent company down and you say, oh, they're owned by the same people, they, they have the same talking point. And obviously, we have the documentation to show that the CIA, and at least in the United States, Alex Jones, we have the documentation. <laughs> <laughs> but the interesting point about the Mockingbird operation is that it came down from the head. Like yeah, we see yeah. that. And that, um, again, was Cord Meyer and Alan Dulles, which was le- later led by a guy named Frank Weiser became the head of the CIA. Like, if you go back and just look into this, this comes from the top down. So, like I said earlier, I I like the CIA, but depending on who's in control of it, I mean, they have done some pretty questionable things when it comes to, like... In in the name of protection and in the name of keeping America safe and all of yeah, I don't want to end up in a gulag. So right, like this is a response to that. I think in a lot yeah, in 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 a good way. I mean, I I can argue that. I'm sure they could. I'm sure they could. They could give you reasons why they did it. That would probably be pretty convincing. Yeah, I think they would use their MK Ultra techniques (laughs) to to uh, (laughs) yeah. What's up, Ethan? Uh, I think going back to what you mentioned earlier, um, I think it's I think. It's still probably going on. Um, going oh, yeah. back to two of the topics, media, media control, which we're talking about now, and then MK Ultra. Have you guys seen the Al Roker, uh, quote, MK Ultra video? Oh, there's so many of the, of just not even him, but I saw that earlier today as well. It's uh, The Al Roker one is insane. So so this is, so it's it's Al Roker and like two other hosts are doing some kind of, um, like the, it's the t- Today the, Show. The today yeah. Show, yeah, yeah. Yep. So have you seen this, Cody? Yeah, I've seen them all. It's Dude, unfortunate. It's weird. <laughs> Spent um, so, hours looking at those ones. The yeah. MK Walter is kind of like there's the, so many of them. It's addicting. Yeah. So one of the things that you it's mentioned part of their was technique. Yeah, it's true. I said that <laughs> they infiltrated YouTube. Um, one of the things that you mentioned was the idea of a uh, um, like split personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you mentioned this, but it's it's really common when you when you read about this stuff about a trigger word. Yeah. Um, trigger. So the trigger. The trigger word, which uh, is talked about a lot, it, it, it's essentially what causes you to hop over into the other personality, like the disassociated um, personality. So in a nutshell, you would, like during one of these experiments, you would get broken down m- mentally and psychologically via torture, electroshock, sensory deprivation, etc. That would cause a break in your psyche. And then somehow these people would program you to... These, pr- these people would program you to automatically hop into your other disassociated self. So in this, in this video, Al Roker is, is, is with these co-hosts and one of the hosts says the word Holy Spirit. Yeah. No way. And really? then, yeah, That's just the in normal word? conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he just goes, you what? can see him. He just goes blank stare. Wow. And doesn't say anything. And his head kind of turns. Like he's looking yeah, at he, them and he just looks straight at the camera. And yeah. Just, it's very weird, man. Yeah. It's very weird. Um, I'll have to Google that. Yeah, you should. Absolutely. <laughs> you need to. Um, we'll watch it all after after we get done. But yeah. uh, it's it's weird. So, and you can see this. There's a lot of a lot of these videos like where people will um, be videotaped and they a word will be said and they will just blank out. So they have trigger response words. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say... He, to kind of go on to this a little bit, um, speaking of uh, trigger words or anything like that, this is an interesting little connection. Um, that, that So there's a couple large-scale 
um, you know, assassination, assassination attempt, not large scale, but um, whatever. So Mark David Chapman, who <laughs> killed J- John Lennon, um, so he was found with a copy of the Catcher in the Rye that he had written. This is Ooh. my statement, right? So he was found with that, and I think right after he killed him, he started reading from it, and that's when they found him. Yeah, and the, I'll, I'll go with the, the next two. John Hink- Hinckley Jr., who shot Ronald Reagan, was also found. The, the book was in his hotel room. And Lee Harvey Oswald, who obviously killed JFK. Obviously, um, though? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant obviously that you know who I'm talking about yeah, yeah. with yeah, yeah, JFK. Yeah. Um, that one, it was reported that one of the only four books that he owned was Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, there, uh, there's a lot of connection, a lot of pop culture connections, but uh, there's a lot of pop culture themes used in MK Ultra experiments, allegedly. Um, one of them is Catcher in the Rye. I've heard that a lot. I've Alice in Wonderland. A- Alice in Wonderland, is exactly. So and the Wizard of Oz. And I've the heard. Wizard of Oz, yep, yep, yep. So these are u- like these are used as trigger words yeah. um, in a way. Um, the idea, it, at least Alice in Wonderland, is the idea is like she plunges into the other universe. Yeah. Like she plunges into like her disassociated self. There's a pretty big parallel there you can make pretty easily. And I mean, the guy who wrote Alice in Wonderland wasn't wasn't he on acid or LSD, LSD. when he was writing that? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a, that connection too, which is because LSD his was book, like, when you read it. I think it was mescaline. Oh, it's a crazy. lot earlier because they didn't what? have LSD until the 40s. Mm. OG, I think. OG. He was doing some crazy. Until the CIA stuff. made it. <laughs> until the CIA made it. Yeah, <laughs> it might have, dude. For real. One of the things uh, it's, I don't know. We talk about this stuff forever, but. The idea that, you know, us as believers, we believe in Jesus, and this is one of those areas where in conspiracy theories, I necessarily, I don't like them as much, maybe, as I gave on tonight. I, I like the ones that have come from fiction to fact. Like, the ones that I spoke on a lot were the ones that you can prove that right. you go to a primary source, CIA, there's a primary source, but you go to the documentation that's on it, and you can sift through it, and you're like, oh my, this is available. Like, this stuff happened, and this is, like, horrible we have our president acknowledging that these things nefariously were done unethically done and, you know, apologizing. And I'm in my mind, as we're thinking about this, this one passage is in my, my head is kicking around and it's, um, first John chapter five, verse, uh, 19, speaking before that in verse 18 says, we know that no one who is born of God sins and he who is born of God keeps him and the evil one will not touch him. Verse 19 is where I want to kind of focus on. It says, we know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. I mean, there's a lot of darkness in this world. We don't even have to yeah. acknowledge that passage to realize that the darkness exists and it's pervasive. And it says that in this revealed scripture for those that are in Christ and those that are trying to seek through um, the confusing stuff that maybe we've spoken about, is that behind a lot of this, not all of it, but behind a lot of this is this evil person. It's Satan. And the whole world lies in the lap of the evil one. Yeah, That, for me, is convincing enough not only to look to where we've already exposed darkness, but just imagine how much... Take the government out. Take the conspiracy idea out and how dark this world is and how we see cults in the Bible, blood cults, you know, infanticide cults where they murder children over and over again and they're worshiping demons and they don't even know it. Now it's just legal in in most states. Yeah. So there's just 
and, and a lot of this is anchoring on like there is present darkness and he is evil and he he's uh it says here the whole world lies in his lap and that's something to keep in mind even if some of this stuff has sounded too far out there or you know why are you talking about conspiracies in the bible we didn't say even talk to, about the crazy ones yeah we, no. we stayed pretty tame man <laughs> but you for want those to talk that about hollow like, earth i can do hollow earth hollow earth yeah. go ahead uh I, w- I just want to well, hit on one of the things that you yeah. were saying real quick. Uh, why do Christians get it? Like, why is me as a Christian, why do I enjoy this? Why do I enjoy reading about these things? Um, one of the reasons why I see some credence in some of these things is because I, as a Christian, have a fundamental distrust of the... I don't... Ne- I don't. If, if, if there's a consensus, I don't necessarily agree that it's the truth because it's a consensus. You know, I don't agree that this world was created by coincidence. I, I, I believe that a all-knowing, all-powerful, perfect God created it. So anyone who tells me otherwise, I, I don't trust what they're saying. Um, you know, so I think that there's something about being a Christian um, that lends itself to distrusting certain information, you know, certain powers. Because um, we know that this world is... is on, on a certain level in, in, in the enemy's hands. And I mean, just because a bunch of people all agree that this is the way it goes, that's what you're getting at, right? Exactly, it, yeah. It, it's, this is all people yep. doing it, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Um, yeah, I just have a, a distrust for, like, just because someone tells me something doesn't mean that I believe it. Um, I think there are a lot of, there's a lot of greed in, in, in on the top level of society, and I think there's a lot of sin. Um, I mean, I mean, if it, we could talk about pedophilia on, on, in the elite sphere, I think there's a lot of that going on. Um, maybe e- even some child sacrifice. But I mean, I I believe that man is fundamentally sinful, and right. when you give sinful men a lot of power, a lot of, and a lot of money, then terrible things happen. Yeah, I was going to say that just one interesting thing that many people may not know if they're not into conspiracy theories. I've <laughs> so I've been I hang out with. Uh, Obviously, you guys, and then we—I have like a separate group of friends that are all hardcore Catholics, and they're not really open to conspiracy theories. So maybe we can do a whole other one, and that's <laughs> like this huge rift, and it's just kind of funny. Um, even within, I guess, Christian circles, it seems like us, yeah, us uh, heretic Protestants uh, <laughs> are more apt to question authority maybe a little I bit so. or yeah. you know pass like, down authority the reformation the whole term <laughs> protestant is protestate we're protesting we are in we are reformers in that sense that we don't want to just stay with the status quo we want to turn the world upside down if it's not pointing and oriented itself back to christ which maybe is maybe the protestant Reformation was a conspiracy that was conspired by... Uh, it's I mean, actually that's the language, the word propaganda comes from the Catholic Church in response to a lot of what was happening, where people were questioning the status quo. And I don't know the Latin word, maybe your Catholic friends, if they hear this, the word <laughs> propaganda comes from a positive stand, stance in the Latin, where they're trying to um, re-educate the populace because they're starting to read their Bibles and they're starting to... Think get, for themselves, maybe. Yeah. Get their pastors and their priests telling them what the Bible say, and they're starting to understand what Martin Luther eventually came to, is that we are the priesthood of all believers. It's a huge spark that'll happen when the Holy Spirit's allowed, not only on the authoritative level of an organization as big as the Catholic Church. You're getting me on a whole nother conspiratorial. Yeah, I, w- I just want to say I love all my Catholic friends, and I respect you. 
Yeah, me, me too. But I, I see that as an area where uh, maybe within the Protestant, or at least in this group, I can't speak for all of this, because I, I don't think it's necessary for us to have a category that approves no, this. But like there is within us this idea that we acknowledge the full sinfulness of man. He is totally depraved. But in that, there's redemption, and we see this darkness, and it corresponds back to our worldview that says, wow, that, that's possible because there is this capable person called Satan, and he has already conspired against God. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that, Cody, and I, and I just want to tag onto that if I can. You know, conspiracies are about unknown and darkness. Like, there's things that are hidden and things that are unknown. So when you think about, like, Sasquatch and UFOs and aliens and some of these things, there's, like, unknown factors to that. And then there's the darkness side of things where there's the evil side of mankind where greed and lust for control and all of those things will cause them to develop things like MKUltra and, and cults that would come into play like Scientology and things like that. And so, but when you look at what Jesus came to do, and this is something for a Christian to hold on to and cling to, and this is what I want to encourage any any believer uh, that's listening to this today, is that Jesus made it very clear who he was uh, through every aspect of his ministry when he was walking on the earth, and um, and the predictions beforehand that claimed who he would be, he fulfilled. And then there's still things to happen in the future, which have conspiracy in them as well, which we'll talk about on another podcast, The End Times. But one thing that Jesus did clearly say to the Jews that would believe, he said, he says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I think it's important to remember that darkness and unknown things need light and truth to them to be revealed so that you can understand what what is right and what is wrong and and what is true and what is false. And I think that Jesus makes it clear that He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. And uh, He is the light of men, and He is the, the living Word of God. And so we have access to something that people think about often, but don't know how to put feet to, don't know how to make it become real. And but I still enjoy a good conversation about Sasquatch. I'm, you know, I would love, love, love to see a, a Yeti uh, or a Sasquatch or whatever you want to call them now. I don't know. They, they change the name every. It used to just be Bigfoot. So because well, they're, they're different hominids, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's true. They're, they're different. Different sounds. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we, I mentioned earlier to you guys um, before the podcast was that one of the most scandalous conspiracies to wrap it up on a good level of. This is some stuff. If you look into a looking wanting to look into a conspiracy theory, um, it happened from the very beginning. Satan conspiring not only within his own council when he fell, but conspiring within his with his within his heart to destroy man. And Acts four, verse twenty five and twenty eight, you get this quoting Psalm two. David speaking about what he was experiencing as a man, but David pointing as a type to Jesus. It gives us this uh, amazing insight as to what a conspiracy looks like when you come up against God. And God knows all things, sees all things, and he says, Why did the Gentiles rage? This is Acts 4, 25, and the, yeah. and the people's plot in vain. So there's that conspiracy corresponding with an evil um, intention. The kings of the earth set themselves up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. So this is um, in the book of Acts where Peter is preaching to the Jews and those who are there present, speaking to them about the gospel, but he's he's giving them the prophetic word that was fulfilled right in front of them. 
he's using the fact that Psalm spoke about this conspiracy that they were a part of, and he says, For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. Both Herod, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. So here you have the, the in the Psalm two, it's being uh, spoken of as the nations come together. And here Peter says not only the nations, but even those who would co-sign themselves as the people of God, you know, Israel. And when you go further down, you see jo- just the idea of this throughout the Bible that Joseph is a model of showing how God use this horrible situation, because for you, Joseph saying this is in Genesis chapter 50, he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And the rest of that verse in um, Acts, going back to that, it says, Acts 4, 29, it says, and now God looked upon their threats, and uh, he, he grants to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal, to heal them. And with signs and wonders, they are they are being performed through the name of your your holy uh, servant Jesus. And the key point I wanted to point out in that is that you know Satan's not stopping any of his conspiring against God at all. After he did his horrible act of you know raging in the hearts of the nations and specifically coming after Jesus when he showed up in Israel and coming after the leaders and inspiring them and bringing them on to this evil plan to destroy Jesus. God worked it all out for good. And I think the little tagline is that God not only works it all for good, but even in that which is evil, right in front of us, the present evil of our reality that we walk in every single day, is that we are not able to see the unseen. We're not able to see what God is working out on our behalf. And I think the whole testimony of the gospel revealed to us in Scripture shows us that it's necessary for us to rely on God even when we see MK Ultra, And we see... Yeah. You know, these horrible conspiracy theories every single day that you can go back and verify is that God will work through some very terrible stuff. And I'm just thankful for that. I think it's an amazing thing to end on. Well, you, you see can, you see conspiracies happening like in the book of Esther, Mordecai yeah. and uh, and Haman and and trying to conspire to kill all those Jews. And, uh, you know, in in that time, he had a plan, build the gallows, trick them, get them killed. There's biblical conspiracies happening all yeah. around us, man. This is awesome. So, Ethan, is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, do you guys want to talk about Hollow Earth? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, here's what I'm thinking. I think we need to have a whole other podcast on some of these. Uh, crazier some, ones? Yeah, some of the crazier ones. Because I'm, I'm actually into the Hollow Earth when I started. And the Flat Earth, I, I mean, I got another... I got a guy that just sends me um, flat earth stuff all the time. I'm sorry. Um, I'll stop doing that. <laughs> thanks, Steven. <laughs> uh, but uh, I saw the most hilarious meme. It was a, it was a, a picture of like the, of the solar system and it had like the sun and then like each planet as they went out and it, when it got to earth, it was like a flat, <laughs> like a flat disc and everything else was round and it goes I hate when that happens <laughs> well they're just projections on the sky dome Turner come oh, on oh, yeah, right. so there's blue beam project blue beam oh yeah that's a good one we should talk about that one <laughs> alright so I mean we've been going on for an hour and 15 minutes 
Um, there's a lot more to that's talk it. about on this. That's it. yeah, that's it. We can you can we can keep going if you guys want. I'm U.S. You government know. stole dead bodies for radioactive testing <laughs> after you heard. I mean, we haven't even started Turner. <laughs> that's why I think this could be a series of podcasts that we could do part two, part three, part four um, about different different conspiracies. And someone still needs to show me a good picture of Nessie. I mean, here like like here's. The craziest thing I heard about ne- about Nessie, the uh, the Loch Ness, right? That there's a portal underneath the the lock, and that it only opens up every certain amount of time. And this creature is uh, some sort of related to some kind of dragon or so so forth, and it's um, got these mystical powers. And it comes through the the gateway, uh, this portal, and uh, shows up and sticks its head out, and then goes back under that's why it's been like every hundred years that they get a picture of it or they see it or something like that you know uh, i mean i don't know how that's crazy I that, it. I, i'm saying that that's crazy i agree i agree it's crazy <laughs> that's too crazy. when i heard the, the when i heard the explanation i was just like what you're reaching see i've heard that bigfoot is a time traveler and they also have their own language that's a common thing yeah that's the yeah so like why would it be in the grays are in like a competition <laughs> along with the reptilians who, Oh, the reptilians, Oh, the reptilians. Yeah. There's the reptilians, the grays. They also say there are some whites too. Um, some whites. Race. Yeah. Um, and then the, <laughs> the, the Bigfoot, they, they say that they're all like battling for the control over humanity and like the Bigfoots are the, are the good guys. So are they yeah. just letting us exist until, uh, they so help us out behind the scenes that we don't know about. Bigfoots are like the Marvel superheroes that we don't exactly. in real life. Yeah, was, really. Um, Harry and the Hendersons, was that in Bigfoot? I'm not sure. He was a, he was a Sasquatch. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what that is? No. What? You didn't see that movie? Yeah. A horrible childhood. Yeah. The station wagon. That was my favorite movie. That was a great movie. Especially the wagon. Right. Wooden, the wooden wagon. I had oh, one like that. You gotta watch that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All so, right. So uh, we'll have to continue this conversation. We'll have to continue yeah. these conspiracies. I love some of these government ones that we talked about, MK Ultra, and the different ones that happened, and the, the connecting the CIA to things, the nefarious acts, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, we'll we'll be able to unpack some of these uh, as we move on. And um, and it's just an interesting thing. It's fun to talk about. Hmm. We got an agent right here, man. We got, we got an agent in our midst. You know, that's so funny. Uh, I know. I, I got to be careful. My dad was retired CIA, you know, so he worked. So I got to be careful. I might. You never retire, Turner. Look, right? <laughs> no, right. Whenever they call. Just don't say the key word and we'll all be good don't here. Don't say Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's just, funny that they would use that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's crazy. Evil. Before we go, I yeah. will just throw this out as my saying goodbye, is that look up the number of Mormons that are in the CIA. Yeah. It is an overwhelming, overwhelming... Is uh, it? Well, I know. Uh, ...population. Yeah. Really? Considering their numbers. Yep, just going to say that. Interesting. That's very interesting. Hmm. Cool. Very goal-oriented and works-oriented, you'd say. Mm-hmm. 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 They have a goal. Well, very, Cody... Very good dressers, too. You know, they have the... They have the uh, the dress code down pat. You know? <laughs> they do. Mr. Mormon. All the way down to the underwear. All right. Uh, the anonymous guy. Spectacles. Yeah. Cody, awesome show. Awesome hanging out with you. Rosie, same Preach. thing. Ethan, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, come back. We'll have, we'll have you back. We'll, 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 we'll continue this conversation. I'm just getting started, guys. 
just gonna start the conversation. <laughs> He's gonna stay here all He's night by himself. Right, we'll, 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 we'll do another whole another episode, guys. This has been the All Out War podcast, and we're so glad you listened. And Appreciate we you will guys. catch you next time. Later. See ya. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us. Or you can find us on Twitter at All Out Warcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.